Welcome to the Grace Church Podcast. We are a small church located in West Lafayette, Indiana. This podcast is our recorded Sunday morning teachings. Join us as we learn to love, grow, and share what God has given us. Come on in, everybody. Here we are. Welcome to Winter in Indiana. My friend down in Indianapolis, he's got five kids, and he posted on Instagram yesterday a picture of them playing in the snow. He's like, this is the best snow we've had in five years. I think they got like two inches. And I'm like, wow, it's been a sad few winters, so maybe this one will be a good one. Anyways, I'm Tom. I'm one of the three pastors here at Grace Church. The others being Fred, who's standing there in the back, and my dad is Chris. He's way in the back somewhere, too. So um, what we're doing today is something a little different. We haven't done one of these for a few years. We thought at the beginning of 2024, it'd be good to just do a quick Vision Sunday to remind us as a church about who we are and where we think God is leading us. So what I'm going to do here today, we're going to just walk through some really simple slides of why does our church exist, where have we been in the last few years, What did God do in our church last year, and what are we praying and aiming to do in this coming year? So just some simple things, and at the end we're going to have a little bit of a question and answer time where Fred will answer all of your questions. That was my phone. It's not important. Coffee is important. So what we're going to do, um, we're going to just start off. It's always good to remember that when we get together on Sundays, it's because we want to have fellowship with God and with one another. So what we're going to do is take a minute here just to start off. I'm going to give you one minute to bow your head and just be silent in prayer before the Lord and just remember that he is here with us even today. So let's go ahead and get started with that and then we'll pray. Lord God, we just thank you for the promise that you will be with us always. God, you've told us that. You said that for those who have heard your gospel and they've received it and believed it, your Holy Spirit lives in them. God, we thank you for that as well. Lord, thank you that you are here with us, in us, and among us, and that we can be with you and enjoy your grace and fellowship with you because of what Christ did on that cross. Help us here today, Lord, even as we listen to remember you are with us, you've been with us, and you will be with us. Lord, we just ask that you be blessing our time here, that it would be encouraging. It would be helping us just to see simply where you're leading us into the future. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you ever wonder if your pastor has wisdom, I moved all of my little stands away from me, and then I had a microphone, a cell phone, and coffee, and I only have two hands. So, oh well. Um, As a church, we exist because Jesus came into this world He died on a sinner's cross and rose again to glory, and he sent his disciples out into the world to proclaim it to everyone. And as I was praying about today, it reminded me of this verse from Titus, Titus chapter 2. Paul is writing to his um, disciple, his friend, and his colleague, Titus. He says, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. And I I just love that verse because it reminds us God's grace, his unmerited love, his 
care for us and favor that we can never earn. It's been revealed in Jesus, and that brings salvation to this wretched world that's dying in sin, and everyone who believes in it is saved, is redeemed, and is given new life, and a promise of eternity with God in heaven forever. And man, that's why we're here. It's because Jesus came, and this world needs to know him. It needs Jesus. And not just that, it doesn't just save us for eternity, it also trains us. God's favor and grace teaches us how to turn away from the things that are destroying our lives and leading to pain and hurt in our relationships and in our own um, walk with the Lord. It teaches us to turn to what is good and right and pleasing, as it says here, the things that are self-controlled, that are upright, the things that are godly in the present age. That is why we exist as a church. It's because Jesus is real. Jesus wants to save people in this world. And he wants us to live a life that tells others about him. So as a few years ago as a church, we were discussing what is our purpose as a church. And we came up with this statement, which is pretty simple, but I think it really captures that idea well. And you guys have, who've been around have heard this enough that you're bored of it, I'm sure. But maybe not. We exist as Grace Church to represent Jesus to our world and to help people find and follow him. That's what we want to do, is that everyone, when you leave this building, you are still Grace Church. The people in your families, in your neighborhoods, in your dorms, at work, in your classes, that they would see you and they would see a glimpse of Jesus. That's what we want to be. And that as we do that, it's just not that people see, oh, they're a nice person that looks a little bit like Jesus, but that we would be active in helping people find salvation in Jesus and then be active in following him by putting off their old ways, like that verse said, and putting on what is new and right and godly. That's what our church is here for, is to help people find and follow Jesus and represent him to the world. A quick history of our church. By the way, I'm not doing the whole history. I'm just going to do the last five years, okay? Our church has been here since the 80s, maybe the 70s even, right, Fred? 80s. In some form or another, it gets big, it gets small, it gets big, it gets small. About six years ago, our church was in a time of fruitfulness, and many of you here are a result of that fruit. You were a student or you were a part of the community, and God was doing some cool things in this church. People were coming to know Jesus for the first time, getting baptized, giving their lives to follow him. And we had grown, for us, it was large. You know, I think we had 100 people at a service one time, and we're like, wow, God is moving. By the way, aside, that's our strategy, is not to be a 500-person mega church where people show up and leave. Our church is desire is to be one where the people who come are being changed by Jesus, that they are learning and growing, and that there is a depth to them. And to do that, we think having a smaller church is a good thing to accomplish that. If God wants to make us 500 with depth, that is amazing, but 500 alone is not our goal. So we hit 100, and we felt like we had some depth. And we decided Let's export what we've learned and start a new church. So in 2019, let's go ahead to the next slide, we sent a team called a church plant. It was like we were planting a new church to grow in Madison, Wisconsin. We sent two of our four pastors out, 
and a team of some of our faithful people to go there and try to start a new church. And it left us here with a decent little team. And as we started to grow, we started to realize that maybe we didn't have the depth we thought we did. Fred and I stayed here, and in 2019, a couple of things started to happen. One, my health took a turn for the worse. Still trying to figure out exactly what, but I got hit with this mystery chronic fatigue illness, potentially because we moved into a new house with mold, and pastoring with two pastors is incredibly is a lot more stressful than just with four. So I feel like God was humbling me in a lot of ways. At the same time, Fred and Penny, they had um, D is Penny's mother with Alzheimer's living in their home. And it was a major, major amount of time and trial and effort. And that year, um, they put her in a home and she eventually passed away. And so from that point on, there was a lot of grieving and a lot of figuring things out from there. And what we started to recognize is, wow, we are limited men, the two of us who are leading. Many of you in this church were serving. And I know uh, like Mitch was jumping in, wanting to help, and he got hit with health issues. And many other issues were coming up in the church. And what we were trying to sprint forward for Jesus, it felt like we hit a wall and slowed down. And then, of course, after that, COVID hit, which just mucked up everything. Felt like our student ministry kind of fizzled out and died during that time. And then in 2022, we were looking around as a pastor's going, boy, our church, it feels like we've lost our direction, our vision, our focus. Let's start meeting with some of the key individuals and moving forward with what we call the vision team, which is let's take a look at where is God calling our church to go and how does he want us to be reaching this world. And as we were working through that, we started to realize there is some significant hurdles to the unity in this church, that there is just some areas where some individuals just did not see eye to eye with where we should go or what we should be doing. And that's okay. And as we sought to work through that, we realized that God was pruning our church. So I don't know if you guys know about plants. My dad has some apple trees he needs to prune because they're really, he bought a new house and the trees are huge and so he's going to prune them. If you guys know anything about pruning, you can go help him later. God in John says, every branch in me that bears fruit, I will prune that it will bear more fruit. Pruning involves cutting off material from an existing plant so it can be more fruitful. And that year, it felt like God was, and over this period, God was significantly pruning the church as a whole and many of our individual lives. And it was hard. I know for me, some of the hardest years of my life have been the last five years. And God has proven faithful, and he's true. And right now, where we stand I think every single one of us who has been in this church for the last four or five years has seen a lot of hard things, some hard relationships, some different things going on, and yet now I look around and I go, things look pretty good. It seems like God has taken us through this season of hardship, and now we stand around and there's a lot more unity. There's a lot more joy. There's a lot more of us actually getting to share what we believe with the people around us and people are coming and we're starting to grow again. It's really encouraging to me. It reminds me of the parable of the soils. There's a verse here and I think I picked the one out of Matthew. It's in a couple of different gospels. Matthew 13 says this. 
Jesus is sharing a story about a man who sows seed, which he later says is the word of God, and then the soil is different people's responses to how the word hits their heart. Here's two of them. One of them said, but when the sun rose, they, the plants that had grown from the seeds, when the sun rose, they were scorched. Since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell on the good soil, produced grain, some a hundred, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. As I thought of that verse, it just reminded me of our church, that for the last few years, I think we've been getting scorched. God has allowed a season of hard times, of the sun pouring down on us to see whether or not we had root, whether or not we were going to grow deep into Jesus, or if everything we did for him was just on the surface. And I'm proud to say, I look around at this church, and you are people that have root. You have faced some hard times, some hard trials, and as a church, here we are. Many churches, I, I was telling my wife, about every few months during the last few years, I've just prayed, God, do you even want us to keep this church together? Should we still be meeting? And I know Fred and I had that conversation, I think, more than once. Should we just stop? And every time we felt like I was saying, no, I want you to keep going. I want you to continue on. And we are here, and I am more convinced than ever that God has good plans for this church to bear fruit. 160, 30 fold, I don't know, but he wants us to share his love with the world around us. He didn't bring us through all this hardship for nothing. He has good plans for us. So, going forward here, last year, 2023, here's a few of the highlights of things I thought about of looking at our vision as a church where we're going, and what we want to accomplish. Here is four quick snapshots of things that happened that I was encouraged by, and I'm sure there's more. One was, in January, with our vision team, we decided to take a look at our Sunday service, which had been a kind of a mess and a disorganized disaster. And many of you put a lot of hours in this last year talking about, what should our Sunday morning be like? What do we want to do with it? How do we want to organize it? How can we get more people involved with it? And it was one of the very first clear steps of unity moving forward as our church. And I was really blessed by it. My dad had moved back from Wisconsin because that church also didn't work out. And so he moved here. He a, was a pastor and is now a pastor again. Spoiler. Um, it's number four on the slide. Um, <laughs> and he walked in the door and he said, I got to say, your guy's Sunday morning for what you are, it's really impressive. I really enjoy it, and it's really good. And it's just from someone coming in from the outside who knew what we were like before or what it could be like, looking at us, it's really encouraging to see the joy and the unity that goes into what we do here on Sundays. Obviously, we're not perfect. We're not a big flashy show. That's intentional. We're very relational. That's the point. But I feel like it was really neat to see that as a church, we started to make progress in that area. The next one in June, we were praying about going forward, how do we continue our outreach on campus? For years, I was the campus director, but pastoring the whole church and being very limited by my health, I haven't been able to do that effectively. And Andrew had been on staff with us for a year or so at that point, and we were just praying he was going to get married, 
our church didn't have necessarily the funds to pay him what an actual living human being should be making. Um, and we just really prayed, what should we do? And as we wrestled with Andrew and with us as pastors, we really felt like God was calling us to invest what we had on campus again and just really go for it. And so we had a little bit of money saved up as a church, and we talked to Andrew, and we agreed to bring him on staff for two years and use every last cent we had to just say, let's go for it. Let's go for it, and let's follow Jesus and see what he does. And him and Janelle stepping into marriage and saying, yeah, we are willing to give you a solid two years was a big step of faith for them and not knowing what the future is going to look like. But I was really encouraged just to see as we talk to people in the church, people saying, yeah, I think this is a good thing. Let's try something again. That was in June. In August, we really hit campus hard. Meeting, met many students. Um, I'm not sure if any of them are back yet. I guess Isaac is back, but there's, um, yeah. Um, but quite a few students have been coming every single week. It's the most students we've had jump into our church in a little while. And it's been pretty encouraging seeing their response. And as we've met with them throughout the weeks, their desire to stay with our church, to get connected, and to grow with us. It's been really neat. And then finally, um, last one was in November. After a lot of time of prayer, we reappointed my dad as one of the pastors of this church. And we decided, you know, he was a pastor. He moved away. He moved back. We could just make him a pastor again. But let's slow it down and make sure this is God's leading, that as a church we're confident this is the direction God is going. And so in November we laid hands on him. It was very encouraging to me. And I think God has us as a church with a good trajectory going forward to see some really cool things happen this next year. So that leads us to 2024. This is not everything we're doing. We, I feel like God has given us a really good base in our house churches and our Sunday morning to be meeting together, growing together, reaching out to people. But there's some things we want to do as a church to kind of help shore up and help us to grow in how stable we are and what we're doing. So here we go. This January, our vision team is going to tackle our small groups within this church. These are groups that are like three to four people meeting together. And over the years, we didn't coach them well, and they spread out everywhere. And there's probably like 15 different things we do in this church that we call small group, but none of them are consistently the same thing, and it doesn't have a lot of direction. So we thought it would be useful for our church this spring to take a good, hard look at what is important for us to do when we get together. How can we help each other grow in pursuing the Lord on an individual level in these small groups? So beginning in January and February, we're going to take a couple of Saturdays where we get together and really hash out how can we organize this in a way that we can consistently know what is going on in this church and consistently help people to grow as they meet together in small groups? I'm excited for that. Um, I'm thinking it's something our church has done well in the past, and I think we can do it well again with a little bit of vision. In March, we're having our spring break retreat. It's a time where we're going to get away from our normal life on a Friday night and Saturday I believe the dates are March maybe 8th and 9th or 9th and 10th, whatever it is, the first weekend of spring break for Purdue, to get away and take some time to seek the Lord together and just be challenged in our heart to give everything to follow him. And I would encourage you guys, if you haven't booked flights or whatever you're doing for spring break yet, I would encourage you to consider coming 
on that Friday and Saturday to spend some time with us to really pursue what God's plan is for your life. Next up is in May. We're going to have to find a new building. You guys have probably heard those rumors. Wesley Foundation sold their building to Purdue. They're going to bulldoze it. And we need to meet somewhere else because I have never, I mean, we could meet in the rubble if we wanted to, I suppose. But like Joe, we could, we could sit in the rubble together and scrape our skin with pottery shards. That's a bad idea. Um, so right now, the pastors and staff, are, we're looking for what other locations might serve us for the next year or two. Um, and there's a couple of possibilities on or near campus that we're exploring. And by May, we need to be somewhere else. And so that's kind of an exciting new thing, and it's going to have a whole host of challenges for us. Um, in June, we are hosting our summer link training. You guys have heard about this if you've been coming. We're going to do a four-week mission trip to our campus so that some people can come and for um, four weeks full-time just learn how to go out Share Jesus with people, follow people up, disciple them, and bring them into the church. We have a team coming from Gaines, not Gainesville, which Tallahassee, Florida. Um, Lee Gordon is a good friend, and he's been doing this as a team with his guys for 10 years, going from campuses to campus, starting churches and different things like that. So we're excited to host them this summer, and we're trying to get as many people from our church involved as we can. So mark that in your calendar, too, in June. We're going to be here on campus serving students, helping them find and follow Jesus. And then lastly, August is the second year we're really going to start hitting campus hard. And so we're going to organize ourselves. What are we going to do with students in the coming fall to really meet their needs and help them see what Jesus' heart is for their lives? These are some of the five things. I did not put one on the slide, which is babies. I'm pretty sure we are going to have two new babies in the church by... uh, June? May? Is it May? Yeah, it's May. One in May and one in April, which is exciting. I love babies. Okay, anyway, um, that's kind of going forward. There's going to be a lot more going on, but uh, as pastors, we're, we were looking and praying. When we brought my dad in, we paused and said, okay, instead of just charging ahead with what we were doing, let's seek God and say, Okay, there's the three of us now. Let's make sure we are united and convinced together where God is going. And we were pretty convinced the direction we were going is where God still wants us to go for the next year at the very least. So that's some of what is coming up ahead. I'm going to share a next slide with you guys that we have not shared in quite some time. That's our finances slide. I didn't really ask the pastors if this was okay, but I'm the finance pastor, so here we go. As of right now, our church is... Losing money. Hooray. This is very intentional. As we looked at our finances over the summer, we had money in our account, and we thought, what's the use of having a church with money if you're not out there sharing the gospel? So let's spend our money to go share the gospel. And this is the result. So in 2023, our church received over $94,000 in gifts, which for a church our size, it's pretty good especially a church that's on campus and has a campus heart. Obviously, many of you are not campus people. You're working full-time. You have jobs. But I'm encouraged as a church with how you have given. We spent way more money than we made. Most of that is on payroll and on our location. And so we have very intentionally spent that money on getting 
a few of us out in the gospel. And so we lost $15,000 last year. What I thought was interesting was of that money we got, we had 30 different individual givers, 30 people who gave to our church and gave us $94,000. And that's really exciting because it's not like someone gave 100 bucks here or someone gave 50 bucks here. Few people did, but the majority of the people that gave to our church are you guys who have decided in your heart, I want to give to the Lord what he has given to me. I'm going to tithe my money, give 10% or some portion of my finances to support the work of God, but also as an act of faith saying, God, I want to trust you with my money first. And as a church, many of you are, are just above and beyond when it comes to giving, and I'm just very blessed. So thank you for that. You guys are an awesome church. You guys are a real blessing to pastor. And I know speaking for Dad and Fred, um, just how excited we are for what God wants to do in the coming years. I've just seen steps of faith in you guys that we haven't seen in a while. I've seen some encouragement and some vision and some heart, and I'm excited to see what God does for the coming year. I would be remiss if I didn't put up a your part slide. So what are you supposed to do? I told you what we're going to do. What are you supposed to do? Oh, yeah? Back up one. What is our balance? It's a great question because all the fusion money is in our account, so it's hard to differentiate exactly. However, I think we have $28,000 in our bank account right now. And so if you extrapolate that out, by next uh, June 2025, we will be broke. It's pretty exciting. You gotta, what's the, the parks and rec line? You gotta spend money to make money, and we literally spent all of our money. All right, anyway. That being said, as a church, here are four things you can do to partner with us, real quick. Number one, join a house church and join a small group. We want people to find Jesus and follow Jesus. We wanna make an impact on our campus, in our, in our community, in our world, one of the best things you can do is to make sure you are plugged into the fellowship of this church, being nourished on the word, and being um, brought into accountability and fellowship together as we follow Jesus. And I want to challenge each one of you, prioritize that this coming year. If you're not part of a house church, this is like one of the lifeblood places to be plugged into our church. And then small group as well. Obviously, we're organizing small groups, so it might change a little bit here by the end of the spring semester. But I'd, if you're not currently meeting in a small group with people to help each other follow the Lord, be accountable for the word, for the sin in your life, or for reaching out to others, I encourage you to pray about it and talk to one of the pastors or one of the people you know here to try to get plugged in. Secondly, Get involved on Sundays. We spend a lot of time working on our Sunday mornings, and this January, we're trying to get more people involved. We're going to need some help, particularly when some babies come. Those people who are having the babies happen to be excellent servants of our church. Um, and two areas where we're definitely going to need help, one is down in Grace Kids, because we're adding babies and losing, I think, four volunteers, three volunteers because of it. We need a lot of help. So if you like kids or can tolerate kids, I encourage you to consider it. Um, we're always looking for more help with Grace Kids. Secondly is music. Um, Aaron helps lead every week, and he's going to take a break over the summer at least every week, um, every other week. Um, and so we're looking to get more people involved in music and help cultivate a better um, balance of people up here on stage 
And so we're going to maybe have a call out for those things later this year. I want you to pray about are there ways you want to be involved in serving the Lord by serving us on Sunday mornings. Thirdly, go to our retreats and trainings. Okay, Go to the spring break retreat. Plan on it. Also, in the summer, we're doing our link training. There's going to be a four or three-day, four-day intensive discipleship-making training at the start of it. And we're trying to make it accessible for those of you who are working jobs to be able to come and hear and learn and grow in evangelism and how to help others follow Jesus. That's going to be in June. We'll get you more details as it comes, but we want to encourage you, all of you, to consider coming to that training at least. And lastly, review your giving. We we ain't made of money, you know? Um, I remember uh, a saying, my dad used to like watching this old Catholic nun on TV. I don't know why. Mother Angelica was her name. The only thing I remember about her was she used to say, Jesus doesn't want your money. Mother Angelica wants your money. (laughs) That's probably true. Like Jesus, he doesn't need your money. But us giving to the Lord is a real blessing to our lives. As we give, we receive. And I want to encourage each one of you, Our church needs money. I would encourage you to review your giving. Consider, oh yeah, am I I giving as much as I intend? And I think that's a valuable thing for each of us to do is regularly look at, in faith, am I giving to God what I desire? So those are our four things that I want to encourage you to do. Get involved in our house churches and small groups. Help on Sunday mornings. Join our retreats and such, and then review your giving, and if God would want you to be giving to this church in particular. So, I believe that's it for my ranting, and I believe we have a question and answer time. We have time for about um, 10 minutes of questions, maybe. So, I'm curious if anybody has any questions from our time, or maybe even what questions you do have, because if you have zero questions, I know I'm not Jesus, and if I was Jesus, he would have you give you more questions than ever right? Are you joining me, Fred? Oh, good. So, OJ. Sure. Um, OJ is, for, I, I don't know if you can all hear, I'm just going to repeat the questions. OJ asked, what did reviving campus outreach this last semester look like? In the past, years, we've always done something to try to meet students and invite students to our church. And 2022, we had quite a few students walk in the door on Sunday mornings and walk out, and very few of them joined our church. Um, And the part of that was because I was not engaged at all, and Andrew was doing what he could, but he is gifted in many things, and... You are. Um, and, but he was unsupported in trying to do it himself in some ways. And as a church, we were kind of pitching in, but there was just so many things we were dealing with internally. We felt like we didn't give a good effort toward helping students get involved in our church over the last few years. And so this last year, what we intentionally did was um, we changed my role significantly to focus again on being involved in campus. And we brought, kept Andrew on and intentionally gave him more of a campus role. So what that looked like practically is we set up booths outside during BGR week, and we try to do it every week during the semester to be outside, to meet students, hand out coffee, greet people, share the gospel where we could, and just be very intentional about that. We also intentionally had two nights a week where we were trying to be out on campus or in the dorms leading a Bible study 
with students and also um, having a fun night. The fun night kind of fizzled out, but we tried, right? Um, and then the, third, the last part of that was being very intentional to spend our time discipling students where we could, getting coffee, getting lunch with them. And part of that change was from me focusing on pastoring many of you in this church who are not students or spending time with you, discipling you. It was changing a bit of focus. And one of the reasons we were able to do that is because my dad was able to join the church, and he's been meeting with many of you where I can't. So I hope that answers the question. So I can add to that. Um, one of the things that happened in, in, uh, as we began this year is that the focus for Penny and I, we began to focus on internationals. And so that part of the outreach really grew. Um, there were several of you who just walked in off the street and joined us, and that was kind of fun. Um, and, and so we've grown from just a couple of people to begin with up to about 12 people now that come on a Friday night. We started out as a Friday night Bible study, and we've uh, transitioned into a house church. And so we uh, actually have communion time, worship time, prayer time, and Bible study. And uh, so that outreach has not only just been on campus, but I would call it an off-campus type of thing as well. And so we've had uh, graduate students, internationals with us now for a good long while. So it's kind of fun. I think I have a question for you, Tom. Why did I not talk about your Bible study like I should have? No, I was negligent, no, no, and I apologize. No, 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 no. Your guys' Friday night Bible study has been such a joy to watch you guys get involved. It's, <laughs> it's so fun. And actually, all of our house churches this last year, I feel like have really flourished in fellowship and joy and enjoying being together. And that's just such an awesome thing to see what God is doing there. No, that's not the question, Tom. Okay, what's the question? <laughs> so I'm sitting here in the audience, and I have a job. I'm a working professional, and so I don't think that I'm really on campus. What's the church have for me, Tom? That is an excellent you, question, and one we are significantly praying about. Our church has transitioned from being a church mostly students, probably about seven years ago, where we just had a lot of students, international students, grad students, and undergraduate, to being a church where a lot of people graduated, got jobs, and stuck around. And a lot of working singles, a few families, married couples as well. Um, I'd love to hear Fred's thoughts, because my, my initial reaction is, um, not much yet. <laughs> but we want to there. have more. <laughs> Hang in there. We're praying significantly about um, probably the next venue we're at for the next year will probably be more campus-focused, but really praying about, okay, we have kids, we have babies coming in, we have people getting married. How can we serve the community people in our church or the people who are working? Is there a better place we could meet that would meet those needs better? How can we make sure that we have a good balance of what's going on? Um, definitely those of you who are working, one of the best places right now for you to get plugged in is with the house church. And also with your small group. God has given each one of us a sphere of people to influence. And in our small groups, we can be talking about our involvement of how to get other people involved. Our church isn't just a campus church. We really want every single member here to be sharing Jesus with those around them. And so. Yeah, I, that's really good. I, I think the one thing that was on my heart and my mind as, as I was listening to this, and, and Tom's done a great job as, as far as casting the vision was I just want to make sure that all of you who are 
you know, that working professional, that working single, that you know that Grace appreciates you a lot. We really value you. You're sticking around after you graduated and being part of us. That is a, a great thing. And I think that what I'm looking forward to and excited about is what is God going to do here? Some of you maybe want to be working on campus and, and be involved with students' lives. And, and that's what I did when I got here, you know, back in the early 80s. But, you know, that's not the cup of tea for everybody. So if it's not your cup of tea, then you're starting to ask yourself, well, what place do I have in this church? And I think Tom's right. We are seeking that right now. We want to know, God, what you have in mind for these guys. Um, you play an important part, you know, because you are out in the workforce, and, and some of you working on the campus is great. Um, but we want to make sure we communicate to you that we value you and we appreciate you a lot. So I have one other thing, Tom. Well, before you do, one of my thoughts is for all of us, whether we're students, working, retired, our church doesn't run well as a business or a corporation with programs. That's never been who we were, and that's not our aim. We really aim to be a spiritual family together. And what that means is, as a family, each one of us has a place and a role here where we get to serve each other, you know? So if you're expecting the church as a corporate entity to make things to serve you, I'm... It, we're going to fall short. But if it, each one of us is thinking, oh, I'm a working single, how can I serve the other working singles? How can I serve the older folk in our church who are, you know, Fred? How can you serve Fred? How can, and Penny. <laughs> I wasn't going to say Penny was older. I'll let you do that. Um, and how can I serve students? The students in the church should be thinking, oh, how can I serve the families? What can I do to bless the older people in the church? And as we do that, that's a place for every single one of us, even if there's not some role or niche that's carved out for us. God has carved out our niche for us to serve in while we're here. What's your other thing, Fred? Oh, I have a number, number five on what part can we play. All right, fifth part. I think that part is prayer. And I want to encourage you <clears throat> for 2024, really step it up in the area of prayer. Um, I've made this comment before, and I, and I believe it a lot, all my heart church goes forward on its knees okay we, we don't go forward in our meetings and we don't necessarily go forward in our corporate stuff and all of that we go forward on our knees and so i encourage you cry out to god ask him lord what do you want to do in 24 and how do you want me to be involved in 24 but don't just made it a once you know one and done type of thing cry out to god every day cry out to god week in week out Cry out to God through the house churches. Cry out to God here. Maybe we should have a Sunday morning just prayer time. But um, make that really something that's on your heart, is just seeking him with all, your, with all your heart, soul, mind, body, spirit, everything. And uh, that's what I would think would be a good fifth thing. Those first four are awesome. Get involved in a small group. Yeah. Get involved on Sunday morning. Right. You know, um, examine your giving. Now, it's one of the things that Penny and I have looked over the last couple of years, the last 24 months, is just asking, Jesus, how can we be more generous? How can we be more, you know, giving? Because my God is so giving. He gave you his salvation. He gave you his son. And what more can you ask than to give back, you know, as much as he gave um, in, in that light? And, and I'm not trying to put pressure on you this morning, not at all. So just examine your giving, and maybe God wants you to give another five bucks, which is great. He looks at that, and he knows what the heart behind it. 
but get on your knees and ask God, just cry out to God for a change in our hearts and change in our church and changes that he wants for 24. So that'd be number five. Good, and I saw a hand over here. There's a hand over Which here. I have a question for him. How, how did you get out from being up here answering questions? Because he told That's the two my, of us to come What's here. your question? <laughs> yeah, I said, end of January is what I said. So, um... So he was asking about the call-out for people being involved in music or in Grace Kids, and I said, you can expect that maybe by the end of January, or at least that's what I meant to say. I don't know if I actually said it. And he thought, and that row, who is related to Clarified. me, they've spent years ignoring what I say. And so, yeah, so, so that, we're still working out the plan for that date, so just stay tuned for if you want to be involved in music or Grace Kids. And Brenda. Um, since Purdue bought the building, do we have a plan on when and where to meet in the future? Yes, we have a plan. The plan is seek the Lord. Um, right now, I've been, as we've looked for a new location, we talked a little bit as pastors of what criteria are we looking for for where to meet for this next year. And some of those things were, it needs a roof. <laughs> um, we would like it to be near campus so that students could walk there if possible. That was one. And he's a place where we can do hospitality because our church is built on spending time together before and after the service. And he's a place where we can include the children and have a room for Grace Kids. Um, and there's a few others I'm forgetting off the top of my head. It's got to be relatively cheap, obviously. Um, that's probably pretty good right there. Oh, and f oh, that's it. And flat, fewer stairs, because uh, we are having more um, older people who have trouble with their knees. Um, and uh, just some of the folks that we've been knees. meeting and inviting have been in their, you know, 50s, 60s, even 70s, I want to say. And so having it flat so that's more accessible for older people, that was another thing. So as we looked around, did you have another one, Dad? All right. Um, as we looked around, I, I visited probably um, 10 or 12 different, oh, that, the last one was meets at the same time we've been meeting or around there. Yeah. So keep it on Sunday mornings for now. Um, meeting around, I've stopped at maybe um, eight or 10 different locations on campus that are available Sunday mornings, other ministries, campus buildings, different things like that. I've contacted some of my um, connections on campus about where they've looked previously. And so um, currently, we're looking at the possibility of um, Hillel, which is the Jewish center on campus, which is, meets all those criteria, even though it's a little smaller. It's maybe not as um, perky as some places you might want to stay, but it's better than the Mason Hall. Um, also, we took a look at University <laughs> Church as another option, which they've converted into a large classroom. And so there's, there's different options we're looking at, and we're trusting the Lord to open the right door for us at the right time. Yeah. Yeah, I think we uh, we're looking at um, Wesley has given us an invite, so in 24 months we would be able to move back in with where they're going to be. I think it's a second in Waldron. Yeah, there's a spot over there, so that that meets a lot of our criteria. 
they will have an elevator for us old folks, so that's going to be kind of nice. But um, I, we're really excited about the fact that, yeah, they've invited us to be part of it. They make us feel welcome. And uh, so we do have a potential landing place in two years. But then again, you know, who knows what God may do in those two years? Something may change, which is great. We want to be flexible for that. Yep. We're out of time. So what we're going to do is Fred's going to skedaddle off the stage. I'll close us in prayer. The music team will come up as I do, and we'll sing our last song together. God, just thank you, Lord. I'm just encouraged, even as I talk about the things that I had already prepared, I'm re-encouraged with what you have done in this church and in our lives. I'm encouraged by the individuals that you've brought to be a part of it and their faithfulness to you and to each other. Lord, I, we just offer ourselves to you anew here. God, just ask that in 2024, it'd be a year that we look back on and say, wow, I am so glad for what God did in and through the church. Just pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this, please be sure to subscribe. To learn more about Grace Church, visit our website, wlgrace.org. See you next week.